Okay, I'm just going to talk from my heart, okay? I'll, I'll tell you what, what's been going on in my spirit. And I, I may not sermonize this and embellish it, but I'm going to tell you what was going on in my heart. And I see God moving in that way today. The other day, I was riding down the road and uh, just praying and meditating and, and talking to the Lord about this morning. And I looked up in the sky, and I saw this bird up there just soaring, just just going around and around and around, just up there, just moving, you know. And uh, last night, I, I laid out in the hammock till about 10.30 out in the yard. That's not something I do regularly. Your pastor's a little unusual, but he's not that unusual. Um, but it was the most peaceful time that I've had in a long time. I just was out there just being still. I had my, my Bible uh, with my telephone and, and spending time with the Lord, and it was just refreshing to me, and I needed it. Um, but, um, there was a whole lot of, of, there's been like a parade of birds through our yard. It's springtime. They're all happy and it's, it's great to see all those different type of things. But I noticed about those little earthbound birds that they flap those wings a whole lot in order to get anywhere and they get somewhere, but they, they're, they're striving with things all the time. And you know, that, that big bird that was up there the other day soaring up there, there had to be a transformation in that bird's life. It was born in an egg. It lived in a nest. It was earthbound for a good portion of its life. And then get a hold of it. It came to a place to where it had fully fledged out. It had all of its feathers. It, it came to a point of maturity. But it was still earthbound because there was another dimension that it had never stepped into. And it came to a place where it had to release of what had been the norm and be willing to step out into something that was, it was completely designed for, but had never experienced before. It had to learn to depend not on the earth and what had been normal. It had to learn to depend on the wind to be able to lift it up. It had felt the wind. It had experienced the wind. The wind had blown through that nest. It had a sense of the wind was there. There may have been times when it even spread out its wings and kind of lift a little bit. But there came a time when that bird had to learn to cast itself, to, to fight to get to that point to where it could be carried by the wind. And I, I'm just the scripture that we're all familiar with and probably would anticipate, I'm not going to disappoint with that. Isaiah 40 says in, in verse 31, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I, 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 if the term, when they put this on the web, I'm going to say learning how to soar. And we're going to break down the soar, S-O-A-R, learning how to soar. And I, I, again, I'm going to just move through this real quickly because I believe we can get it. But there has to be a transformation in the way we think and the way we uh, approach life if we really want to soar and be the people that God wants to be. If we want to, to um, be able to live out the purpose and the plan that God has for our life, we can't just expect to continue doing the same thing we've always done and living life and looking at life from the same perspective if we're going to be able to move into another dimension and accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. It may be normal that your place right there on the ground 
as being the only thing that you've ever experienced or that we've ever experienced. It is normal to be born in a nest, to be hatched out of that egg, and to be right there in that place. But that is not all that you're created for. It's not all that you're destined for. God's got more. You know, and, and even a, a full-grown, mature bird will, will land on the ground every once in a while. It'll walk there on the earth. Things will happen. But here's, can I just, I'm going to break down the word soar just a little bit. And I'm going to tell you, I had a hard time finding that finding the right front word to be able to communicate what I wanted to communicate. But the back part of it is what I want to get to. Number one, if you want to learn how to soar, if you want to fly like an eagle, if you want to fulfill your destiny, you got to quit, you got to quit, you got to stop focusing on the dirt. Okay? I'm going to just speak very practically from where we are in the world right now. There has never been a time in all of human history when there has not when there's been more availability of information to you i mean when it comes to the point when libraries are becoming redundant because there's so much information at your fingertips through your telephone through your tv that that there's so much information the library comes to you you know you download that thing you can have them read it to you if you want to but in the midst of all of that, there's never been more stress and more pressure on people, too, because you can't get away from the bad news. I, I, I uh, pulled up the uh, WRAL, no, it was WTVD, the Channel 11 app the other day, and it happened to pull up in such a way that the, the news page was up. It wasn't just the list, but it was uh, the sing singular news page that was there that you could read the whole article and it said one of 18 and I flipped to the next one and I flipped to the next one and I flipped to the next one and I thought it is all bad news. You know, bad news travels quick. They used to say in the business wor world when I was out there working, they say, you know, if you, if you um, hurt someone's feelings or make someone have a bad experience or for some reason someone's disgruntled about what, what happens to them, they're going to tell at least eight people potentially going to lose eight clients for, for one bad mistake. If you do something good to people, they may tell four people. People get offended and they're going to talk about the bad stuff or people get emotionally caught up in something that's going on. And that news is what they say, bad news sells. That's what they say in the news business. But I'm going to tell you, if you want to soar, if you want to live above your circumstances, if you want to accomplish more in the Lord, you can't sit around focused on the dirt all the time. There's going to be bad news come, coming to you. If, you. if if you have to listen to good news or bad news every once in a while, you just need to shut off that stuff. Don't focus on the negative. Everywhere around the world, there's people that are doing things they shouldn't be doing. If all you do is eat junk, and I'm talking about what we're listening to, what we're talking about, you're not going to be healthy. So if you want to learn to soar with the Lord and to soar in life, you need to quit focusing on the dirt. You've got to let loose of this earth and you've got to, to, to spread your wings and go up to a higher dimension. And let's just take it to another perspective. As you're navigating through life, I, I know many of us have flown, some of us may still be avoiding flying, but when you fly, one thing that you encounter, I, I, I actually took, the stick on a small plane. Has anybody ever physically flown a plane? I didn't get it up off the ground. 
I was in, it was very light. When you get in an airplane and they've got weights holding down the wings on either end, they have to untie it before you can take off. It's not very comforting to me. But we went flying, and after we'd been up in the air for a while and things were pretty good, the, the pilot said, look, why don't you take the stick for a while? And so it was a joystick. I actually flew with a joystick. And uh, um, as you're flying along, that, that plane will have a tendency to shift to the side, and you have to adjust your rudder and straighten it back out. And there's various things that you have to do to keep that thing on a straight course. But it is a norm up there that you're going to come across updrafts and downdrafts. You know, if you've been on a big commercial airplane, I've flown across the Atlantic and across the Pacific, and there's sometimes that you're just coming along, and all of a sudden you're just, <gasps> you know, you feel this rise and sink. But why? Because you've gone through either a downdraft or an updraft, or you've, you've come across both of them. A few years ago, out here on Longleaf Drive, we had a strong, strong wind came through, snapped off poles right here at the street, snapped off several poles, and then it, it broke 22 rafters in our house because a, a downdraft wind came through on the front end of a storm. When, hot, when air rises, there's got to be air to fill the place. And so you've got, you've got this movement of air that goes on around you. Look, people, you need, we need to learn as we are navigating life, as we're endeavoring to soar in the spirit and do the things that God calls us to do, recognize the fact that there's going to be downdrafts out there. They've got navigation technique now where they can actually get messages and it will tell them and warn the pilots where the downdrafts might be. But there have been terrible tragedies in aviation just because the pilot flew through a downdraft and that plane lost the ability to be able to, to sustain itself in the air and it can even do damage to the plane. But, um, you know, nowadays they're able to, to mitigate that and go around those storms like that. But you've got to recognize every one of us may have a different type of thing that for us is a downdraft. For us, it may be bad physical news. For us, it may be a financial situation. For us, it may be someone that has that. Somehow there's uh, the term clause is coming to my mind. But somebody relation, relationally to you may have the ability to just affect you in such a way that it sucks the spiritual life out of you, that you lose all hope and you lose all perspective. It just drains you. You've got to be mindful of the things that are downdrafts in your life and learn to avoid those things or not allow them to have the power over you to take the life out of you. We've got to learn to avoid the downdrafts. You can't soar if you're getting pulled down all the time. So there's some personal responsibility in this. If we are walking through life and we're asking God to help us to be victorious, we're asking God to help us live a strong and powerful life for him, but we're putting ourselves in the situation, we're constantly being bombarded with dirt, stuff from the earth, or if we're putting ourselves in situations that are dragging us down, this personal responsibility that how do we expect to live a victorious life and how do we expect to have the power to do the things that God's called us to do if we're getting into those situations? Another, another thing is, if you want to soar, you know, it takes some effort for those birds when they're getting up off the ground. When an eagle has caught something or when it's just been resting and it's taken off off the tree, there's some effort involved. It has to flap its wings. It has to put forth effort. It has to move to be able to do something. Don't think that you're just going to sit in one place and your situation is going to change. You've got to be willing to put forth some effort. 
But another thing that the eagle is skilled at doing is that it knows how it will fly along and it knows how to find an updraft. Let me tell you, when you're down, when you've been facing an adversity or when you've been through a hard place, when you get bad news or when somebody uh, cuts you off or gives you a hard time, you better find an updraft. Find what builds you up, what strengthens you. I know I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray in the Spirit because it lifts me up. It stirs me up. It builds me up. Scripture talks about that. Uh, build yourself up in your holy faith, praying in the Spirit. You need, might need to put some worship music on, put a, put a good message on, something that's going to lift you up. For some of you, and, and there's different ways, different methods, all of these are good. None of them are wrong, but you may need to call somebody and say, look, I just had a bad experience. I need you to lift me up. That's why there's a body of Christ, so that we can depend on one another. But get in an updraft. Don't stay in that down place. Find some way to strengthen yourself in the Lord. Build yourself up in the Lord. You cannot soar. That eagle can't stay up in the sky just floating. It has to have something to lift it up. And when it finds an updraft, what does it do? It doesn't just fly right out of it. It starts circling. And it lets that updraft start to carry it higher carry it higher carry it higher but learn what things there are in your life what is it in your life that lifts your spirit and focus on that don't focus on the things that drag you down stop focusing on the dirt i had a hard time coming with an o word so i put omit downdrafts y'all 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 can go dig something good out for me and uh, a word to go along with that we need to access the A, access the updrafts, locate and concentrate on things that will give you a lift. And another thing is we need to reach a higher perspective, okay? From that vantage point of the eagle up in the sky, we all know, and it's, it's been well spoken of, but eagles have an extremely good vision. Even the old vulture up there, I know that we don't think of a vulture as a great creature, but a, a, a vultures and buzzards were made by the Lord, they serve a purpose. It's a dirty purpose. You know, God even protected the buzzer by not putting feathers on its neck and its head. Did you know that they had feathers on their neck and their head that they, when they were working on that carrion, they are actually the cleanup crew for us. They keep a lot of disease away from us because they get rid of the dead stuff. But God didn't allow them to have feathers on their neck and the head. If they had feathers on the neck and the head, when they were reaching into that thing, that, that disease would get all over them and it would stay right close. But because they don't have the feathers, they don't deal with that. That was God's provision for them. Yes, there are, we think I'm a smelly, gross animals, but the reality is God created those creatures. They serve a purpose. Did you know a, a vulture can smell a dead animal from miles away? And an eagle, I didn't do the math to go try to find out, I didn't look it up to find out how, how much better an eagle's vision is than ours, but I just know it's, it's amazing how, how fantastic their vision is. But an eagle sitting on the ground can't see very far. You know, we, we, Mike's been there already today. I don't know how it is that I spend time preparing for a sermon, and then people get up here to speak, and they just get... <laughs> you know, it's hard to see anything different when you're in the midst of a circumstance. When that eagle's sitting on the ground, he's got an earth perspective. When he's designed to have a heaven perspective, 
you know, but if we will let the Lord lift us up and carry us to the place in the presence of the Lord where we're supposed to be, then all of a sudden our perspective changes and we start to get a heaven perspective on our circumstances and our situations. We get to see further down the road. We get to understand how God sees what we're going through. We get to see from a heavenly objective the answer that's right around the corner. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, this is not the deepest sermon we've ever heard, but it's a necessary sermon, right? We've got we've to get a, a higher perspective. From that vantage point up there in the heavenlies, that eagle can see far. It can see wide. It can see provision for it that's out there that it couldn't see when it was down on the earth. It can see where the next meal's coming from. It can see where the answer is. It can see where it needs to go. It can even see competition. It can see something that's striving, you know, another bird that's in its area because it's, it, it's up high enough to be able to do that. I don't know how you would score life right now. Um, if you were to think about your life and think of what you're going through, you know, you may look at yourself and say, you know, I'm, 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 I feel like I'm sinking. I'm struggling here. I think I'm struggling. I, I guarantee you we've got people, family members, loved ones, coworkers around us that they feel like they're sinking. And you may be struggling right now to, to just tread water. You, you may feel like you're, you know, I'm just trying to keep my head above water, you know. And it seems like no matter what I do, that's as far as I get. But we need to get our perspective right and get our hand in Jesus' hand and get our eyes on his eyes and let God teach us how to walk on the water. There's something that is very that I need to, to I want to communicate with you. I'm just going to go to this last page right here. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, and I have trouble with this because the more I read, the more favorite scriptures I have. But, but one of the core scriptures for my life since high school has been Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for works that he prepared in advance that we should do. And I've shared this so many times. I know I don't want to be redundant about it, but for we are his workmanship, really. And in the, in the New Living Translation, he says it the way I was going to define it. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. It says, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Do you realize that God looked at your life and there's things that he planned, guy, a long time ago for you? And he's working masterfully. He's working masterfully and for Joyce. He's working masterfully in your life. To be able to do the things, it may be a word, it may be an encouragement. You know, that prayer that you offer up, it may be someone you're coming in contact with as you move about in life, but God created you to be his masterpiece in the earth. That's, yes. Isn't that amazing? He prepared in advance. That means we, he tells us, you know, something that he may do with our life for for. You know, for younger people, you may get a, a, a dream or something in your life, something that you think that maybe one day you'll be able to do, and you may look at it and say, well, you know, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do that. Reality is, God sent something in motion in you, and he's carrying you down that journey. He intends to be able to make sure that you've got everything that you need to be able to accomplish that. 
What's interesting to me about this, that the word here, when it talks about God's workmanship or God's masterpiece, what it's communicating, and we need to get hold of this, is that our lives are like an art piece on display to the world. I don't know if you think of yourself like this, but your life, Kendra, your life is an art piece. It's a masterpiece that God's working on and working in to be able to give a display to the world about who he is and what he's like. I can look at a painting and say, that's a Rembrandt. And I may miss it sometimes, but, you know, I think I'm getting pretty good at some of those things. And, you know, you can look at, oh, that's a a Leonardo da Vinci did that. Or, you know, um, I better stop where I am. You know, Picasso. You know, um, there's others out there. Salvador Dali, you can tell their art when you see it because there's a work that's been rendered there and you recognize that, that craftsman, that painter's uh, talent or their, their, their style. Here's something we need to get a hold of, and this may be hard for us, but the reality is we look at God and we, I mean, I'm okay with being his art piece. I'm okay with God working on, on me, but... For the most part, I think most of us would like for God to be a painter and not a sculptor. We'd like to say, okay, God, you know, you go ahead and paint your painting. There's a few things here I need you to cover up first. Would you just paint over this and paint over that and get rid of it? And God says, no, my intention is not to just paint over things. He said, I can see that stone slab And I can see my intention inside of it. But there's a few things that we may have to chip away. And a lot of times we don't like the aspect of God chipping it away. But he says, no, that chipping away is giving you freedom. It's releasing inside of you all that you need to be able to be the display that I need in the earth. You know what's interesting? Romans 1 talks about how that everything that man needed to to be able to to see, to recognize that there is a God, I didn't say to know God, but to recognize there is a God is on display in the heavens and in creation. That man can look around and and man should be able to look at the heavens and for centuries and, and millennia, man have looked at creation and they've said, there must be a God. And for many of them, they have begun worshiping a moon or moon, a star or worshiping a, some kind of form of creation, an animal or something like that. And instead they worship, in error, they worship the creation instead of worshiping the creator. But just by the majesty of what was created, there should be a recognition there's a God. Now we've become very educated today and we've learned to teach people, look, there is no God. And so in schools they're instructed, it all just happened and just came about, and I'm telling you, the more I learn about the complexity of creation, complexity about the DNA and the complexity of life as we know it in the earth, and even the heavens, to think that it just, boom, happened is really foolishness. It takes more faith to believe that than it does to believe that there's a God. This week, the 8th, what day is the 8th? Tuesday. Thank you. Maybe different on some people's calendars, but it is Tuesday. On the 8th, just trivia here, okay? On the 8th, Jupiter is supposed to be closest to the earth. I don't know if you've seen that, but overnight, Jupiter is supposed to be directly opposite. The sun's on one side, earth is here. Jupiter is supposed to be directly opposite. And you're supposed to be able to see Jupiter, the biggest 
brightest, closest that it ever is in, in relationship to the earth, just in, in the cycle of us moving in the heavens, we will be closest and it'll be directly opposite, so it should be easily seen. Tuesday night when you walk outside, you'll see this big bright thing out there. It's probably Jupiter, if it's not the moon. <clears throat> but in the heavens is a display of the fact that there is a creator God. If you take the most minute cell and then you dig down and you go to the electrons and the protons and the neutrons and you go to the quarks and all those things, if we could go that deep down, we would find the amazing complexity and the, the uh, conformity that's there. We'd recognize that there's a God. But do you realize the same phrase and the terminology that's used to talk about how creation displays the fact that there's a God is the very same word that's talked about the fact that we are his workmanship, that we are his masterpiece. Our lives are designed to be a real billboard, a sign displaying the fact that God is alive and well, that there's a creator in the earth, that he's moving in the hearts and lives of people. That's who we're designed to be. We've been created in his image. And as we as believers continue to learn to soar and live the life of the Spirit, not living under our circumstances, but being carried along by the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of our circumstances, we become this amazing display because of His presence and His power in the earth to the world that there's a living God. And as He talks about us in, in Ephesians chapter 2.10 saying that we've been made to be His workmanship, that we've made to be His, his, his masterpiece, even though we may sometimes doubt ourselves, recognize the fact that it says there that we have been... Let me, let me read it out of, the, out of the New Living Translation. For we are God's masterpiece. Peace. He, cre he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Listen to this part. So that we can do the good things he planned for us a long time ago. That masterpiece that he is making, he did... He's working that work in us so that we can do the good things that he planned for us a long time ago. With all of the things that we see about ourselves, that we may even limit ourselves, God says we can. God says that his work is perfect in us and that he's created us. What he has done in us is perfect to be able to accomplish the task he set before us. I'm going to stop right there. We need to learn to soar. We've got to get out from underneath our circumstances and get up into the spirit realm and be able to see with a godly perspective our lives and be the people that God's called us to be so the world will know that he's alive. Would you stand with me, please? Y'all don't quote me on the fact that I mispronounced that word a while ago. I saw that text. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I give you all praise and glory this morning, Lord. God, if uh, I don't mind if normal's not normal, dear God, but this has been an unusual service. God, I pray that you would continue to work in our lives. God, our, our fractured and broken world around us, dear God, these people that we can so easily get frustrated with when all they're doing is just displaying their need for you. God, we need to be stepping into those situations rather than re reacting to them, dear God. Rather than getting angry and irate and frustrated with them, Lord, they're just exposing the fact that they've got a need and they need Jesus. And God, you've put us here in this earth to carry the banner 
of your kingdom, dear God, and to give a display of your power and your anointing. So, God, I pray that right here in this room, Lord, that you would set the captives free. Lord, if we've been living under our circumstances or been caught up in attitudes or even thought processes that don't bring honor to you, Lord, would you break that off of us, take a chisel to it and remove it from us? God, we will endeavor to, that scripture says, that those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. So, God, we choose to position ourselves in you and trust in you that whatever you're doing in our life, dear God, you're doing it for our good. So, God, we'll yield to your process, but not yield to our circumstances. And, God, we want you to be glorified. So, we make an offering of ourselves to you today. Be glorified in me. Be glorified in us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.